Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 28 called The Crown of Glory and the Tested Stone. Verse 2. Behold the Lord, that's Adonai there, and that means the sovereign one. Everything is at his disposal, if you like. Verse 2, we've gotten through one verse. Has a strong and mighty agent. As a storm of hail, a tempest of destruction, like a storm of mighty overflowing waters, he has cast it down to the earth with his hand. God is saying basically, I have a strong agent, and that agent is coming, and unless you learn to make me your crown, your crown's going to end up in the mud. It's going to be cast down to the earth. The Lord has a strong and mighty agent, and his agent, in this case, remember, we set it up, is who? It's Assyria. God can use both what we call natural things, like we call nature or natural disasters, and he can use other nations, even if they're ungodly, as agents for his purposes. Everything, Adonai, here's the meaning, everything is at the beck and call of God. He made it all, and he can use it for his purposes. That's the idea. And so God says, my agent in this case is going to be Assyria. I'm going to allow them to come down, and I'm going to allow them to have their way. But I want you to notice He, God, is the one who will cast it down to the earth with his hand. The proud crown, verse 3, of the drunkards of Ephraim is trodden underfoot. You almost get the image of their shiny crown being stuck in the mud and person after person steps on it. Have you ever seen when uh, somebody thinks that something is happening in a building or a concert clears out or something? Have you ever seen people trampled before? When people are in a panic, what happens is they'll trample a human being and they won't even think twice about it. They're trying to get out of danger or whatever. That's basically what's happening. God's saying, look, your crown is sticking in the mud and person after person is walking over it because you don't know what has value. You think that's valuable? But what really is important, you've reversed. And it's as as though you, you let other things, you walked over other things that were important to you. Your crown, you had your false crown up here and everything else down here. And what I wanted you to do is put people and me up here and put everything else down there. And now your crown's in the mud and they're trampling over it. And the fading flower of its glorious beauty for, which is at the head of the fertile valley, will be like the first ripe fig prior to summer, which one sees and as soon as it is in his hand, he swallows it. Here's the idea. Your, your fading flower of all you put your stock in is kind of like a fig tree. Now, I don't know much about the fig tree, but from what I understand, basically they ripen, ripen in about August. But some trees will produce some fruit a little earlier in the summertime. And if someone was walking around, they came across a fig tree, and they noticed that a fig had ripened prior to the, the, the normal uh, crop coming in, they would probably pick it and eat it. It became easy pickings, and there were only a few until the time of harvest. And basically what he's saying is, Ephraim, you are easy pickings. 
Sarah is going to walk by, pluck you, and eat you, and you're going to be gone. Just as soon as you were here, you will be gone. Have you noticed that life is that way? You know, the older we get, the more we realize how life is so short. And the, the fig blossoms, and someone walks by and picks it, and it's gone. It disappears. All that they put their stock in. In that day, verse 5, the Lord of hosts will become a beautiful crown. Now, always Isaiah gives us these little hints of hope. Notice, it will become a crown of glory if you have the new King James. The Lord of hosts, he will become the beautiful crown or the crown of glory. And a glorious diadem to who? To the remnant of his people. What's remnant mean? Hmm? It means really a small number. It means those who remain. Remain what? True. To who? To him. And we know that as we look at the end time scenario, we know that there is going to be a remnant that stays true or that is converted in Israel. But there are going to be mass numbers of people. Remember, Jesus said, the way of destruction is wide. There are many that go that way. The way to life is is narrow. And in that day, NIV, the Lord Almighty will be a glorious crown, a beautiful wreath for the remnant of his people. Here's the point. The Lord wants to be your crown. And the most beautiful people walking the face of the earth are those adorned by God. The Bible says in Romans 13, we are to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lusts. I was telling you that being filled with the Spirit doesn't happen by accident. Well, the Bible tells you you have to adorn yourself with God. Now, some of you might be asking the question, how do you put on God? That seems a little weird. Well, the analogy that Paul gives is like clothing. When you come to the end of a work day, let's say that you work in a very physical profession, your clothes get soiled or you go work out, you discard the old clothes and you put on something fresh. That's the idea. It's as though God is saying every single day that you wake up and for for that matter, every moment, there's a suit in your closet that you can put on. It's called the armor of God in Ephesians 6, but that's only an analogy. You're not putting on literal physical armor. You're not putting on a literal helmet, right? It's a spiritual analogy. What is it saying to you? It's saying that every single day, here's the point, you have to put on the power of God, And God is available to anyone who will go to the closet and say, Lord, I need you. Adorn me. Fill me with your power. It's another way of saying that you need the power of God in your life. You put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and by virtue of doing so, you become a person filled with the power of God. And if you're fighting a battle, verse 6 is for you. A spirit of justice, verse 6, for him who sits in judgment... I think this is addressed to the leaders now. A strength to those who repel the onslaught at the gate. New King James says this. For a spirit of justice to him who sits in judgment and for strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. There's going to be a group that will try to hang on, uh, probably pointing here to the remnant. And if you are one of the remnant, if you are fighting the battle right now, you are fighting the good fight of faith. 
And God gives us a little neat promise here that if we hold on, if we go to him, he will give us the power. He will give us, look at verse 6, the strength uh, to those who turn back the battle at the gate or the strength to those who repel the onslaught. Man, there's an onslaught coming. Here the picture of, is of the Assyrian army, but we know that there's an onslaught of stuff coming at us every single day, vying for our attention, asking us what our priorities will actually be. And every day we have to make a decision. Who will be my master? What am I going to sow to? Is God really my God? Do I call him Lord and then back that up by the way I live? And every day is a battle. But the Lord says the battle belongs to me. Go to Isaiah 62. Isaiah 62, look at verse 1. Isaiah 62, 1. For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. 62, 2. And the nations will see your righteousness and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will designate. You will also be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord, Isaiah 62, 3, and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. And it will not, no longer be said to you, forsaken, nor to your land will it any longer be said, desolate. But you will be called, my delight is in her, and your land married. For the Lord delights in you, and to him your land will be married. For as, young, as a young man marries a virgin, so your sons will marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so your God will rejoice over you. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen. All day and all night they will never keep silent. You who remind the Lord, take no rest for yourselves. And give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in all the earth. That's what Israel will be. That's what happens to a family and a nation who decides to make the Lord their God. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. They will shine among the nations. And Israel in the Messianic kingdom, when Messiah returns and sets up his kingdom, Israel will shine again. And any person, any marriage, any family, any nation, any city that decides to crown him as Lord will shine. That is really the difference between, you know, having your light so shine and having a people walking in darkness. Go back to Isaiah 28. And so he goes back now after the hint of hope and he talks about these who have chosen to have a different kind of crown other than God. These also reel with wine and stagger from strong drink, Isaiah 28, 7. They are confused by wine. They stagger from strong drink. They reel while having visions. They totter while, when rendering judgment. Now this specifically is to the leaders. Notice it's the priest and the prophet reel with strong drink. There's no differentiation between the priest and the prophet and the people of Ephraim who are partaking of the wine. No distinction between them. You would think that as a nation starts to go downhill, as people are giving in to the lust of their flesh, you would look to the wisdom of the priest and the prophet. And they would talk some sense into you. You'd be able to go to the pastor and say, hey, pastor, I'm having some issues and I need some help. But what Isaiah is saying is that the priest and the prophet are no different from the people. They're doing the same things that the people are doing. 
They're trying to make judgments, but they're filled with strong drink and they're confused and they don't even know how to make sense of anything because they're partaking of the same thing. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. You're invited to our next apologetics event called Dare to Defend. This is something that you're going to want to go to because it's going to bolster your faith and encourage you and give you reasons and answers for the hope that you have. Join some of today's top apologists who will provide real answers to skeptics' toughest questions and equip you with the tools necessary to confront the moral confusion of today's culture. J.P. Moreland talking about miracles. Why do I have to have an answer to this question? I at least know there's a God. Sean McDowell dealing with deconstruction. When I was on the road, to met a man he goes i'm his last friend who didn't bail on him i thought man what does it matter with us john and claudia kalmakoff if they don't have that foundation and they don't know about god's promises and what we know is true not by what we're feeling but by facts historical archaeological facts what we know to be true then their feelings take over lenny esposito who will deal with the power of the archaeological record you know you're doing a construction project rome they were trying to build the subway and they had to keep stopping because they keep finding stuff hey if you're looking to get further equipped and we all should be this is the conference to go to dare to defend begins friday evening on march 25th at living truth christian fellowship in corona california get your tickets now and make sure you have plans to join us learn more about dare to defend and get your tickets when you visit walkintruth.com that's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH That's 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. They're trying to make judgments, but they're filled with strong drink, and they're confused, and they don't even know how to make sense of anything because they're partaking of the same thing. So what do you do when a nation's leaders are confused? What do you do when you go to the leader and the leader doesn't have an answer for you anymore? Because he's in the same situation that you are, or worse. You know a nation's in trouble. And it sets up a pretty frightening scenario. I guess you'd call it a sick scenario. It's almost as if Isaiah entered the leader room and here's what he sees. For all the tables are full of filthy vomit without a single clean place. I've got a friend, he's since moved out of state. And as Christians, you know, we're, we grew up together and we've both been Christians now for almost 25 years. And we both came out of the world and doing our own thing. And one thing, as he became a Christian and was becoming a leader and being called to deeper levels of commitment, he was wrestling a little bit with a gambling issue, and he admittedly liked to go every now and then and play some poker. And so, you know, it was one of those things we would discuss, and he wasn't addicted to gambling or anything, but, but he realized, you know, he was kind of wrestling with it, and he would talk about it. So he says, Michael, I've come to a decision. He said, I'm not going to do that anymore. I said, well, what happened? He says, well, I went into this casino, and I was going to play some poker with my friends, and I walked by this room where... These tables were set up for poker, and he said there were about six elderly gentlemen sitting at the table. Two of them were passed out with their heads on the poker table, drooling, passed out from alcohol. The other one was smoking a cigar, and they were cursing up a storm, and he said he just kind of stopped and looked at the table and went, oh my goodness. 
Is that where I'm headed? (laughs) It wasn't a pretty picture for him. I I don't know if you've, I don't know how deep we want to get into this, but this just shows you how real the Bible is. Uh, A lot of people end drunken binges right here. Verse 8. They end up, as Bill Cosby put it, putting their face in a place where their face was never intended to be. And people, you know, when we see the commercials of all the exciting partying, we we don't see those. They don't tell you sometimes how the story ends. Right now in primetime television, we were told at this conference that 28% of primetime television shows are now showing a homosexual couple in the show. 28%. They said in the 2010 census that was just taken... 1.7% of the nation claims to be a homosexual. 1.7%. Yet 28% of the primetime television shows are showing either lesbian or homosexual couples. Now, why is that? Are they trying to send us a message? Did you know that SB48, and we heard uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs at Calvary Chapel Chena Hills tell us, they were trying to overturn SB48. Just so you know what that is, SB 48 says that from kindergarten through 12th grade, there will be mandatory teaching in the schools. You as parents will not be able to opt out. This will start in 2014. They will teach your your children to celebrate the uh, contributions of gay, transgender, lesbian, homosexuals in American history. You cannot opt out as a parent. Now, what's going on here? Now, we are all in favor of people coming into the kingdom from all different kinds of struggles. That is not the issue here. But the issue is that the culture is becoming uh, so, what do you want to call it? So left morally that really they're shoving this stuff down your throat. And it's coming now to your public school. And so now you're going to have to make a decision as a parent. See, Isaiah's saying, I can see the table for what it is. And what's sitting there is a bunch of people who have lost their way. There's not one clean place at that table. There's nobody there. And remember, the context is leaders. Scary. Verse 9. And so now they begin to mock Isaiah. This is the Isaiah speaking for the prophets. They say, to whom would he teach knowledge? And to whom would he interpret the message? Those just weaned from milk? Those just taken from the the breast? This is the the prophets who are, they're in such great shape as you can just see from the previous verses. They've got it going on, right? Now they say to Isaiah, who are you? What do you think? We were just born yesterday? What do you think? I just got done uh, breastfeeding from my mama, right? This picture is like a three, maybe a three-year-old child saying, man, you want to just give me the milk, Isaiah? You, you teach the knowledge? You're going to interpret this? What do you think? We're this, just this young punk? Give us something sophisticated. Your, your message is too simple, Isaiah. All you ever say to people is repent and trust God. Come on. And Isaiah's saying, well, uh, when you get the A message down, then we'll go to B. But first you've got to repent and trust God. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep preaching that. And remember in Isaiah 6... 
What was Isaiah told? After he said, here I am, Lord, send me. Then he says, how long, O Lord? And the Lord says, you're going to keep on telling these people, but they're not going to listen. This is your commission. You're going to keep on preaching. And he says, how long? And basically, to paraphrase, God says, until devastation happens. Your job is to preach, and you're going to preach the simple message that I've given to you to preach, but they're not going to listen. So Isaiah knew that going in. And here's what they say he says, verse 10. He says, order on order, order on order, line on line, line on line, a little here, a little there. New King James says, he says, for precept, uh, be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. If you have the New Living Translation, it says, he tells us everything over and over, one line at a time, one line at a time, a little here and a little there. The Hebrew is sav, lasav, sav, lasav, kav, lakav, kav, lakav, zir, sham, zir, sham. It's kind of like, you'd put it this way, blah, 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 yada, 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 whatever. That's in the Hebrew. We're big boys. Yada, 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 yada. Come on, move on. We've got the milk stuff down, do you? Line upon line, precept upon precept. Can he come up with, can't you do something different? What is the job of the pastor teacher? What do the people really need? When have you learned the most? Well, this is a recipe for what God really wants. What God wants is line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. Because you all know that when you do a, you do a Bible study, it's kind of cool to see how the Holy Spirit has intertwined these things and you take a chunk and you figure out what God's saying and you may walk away with whatever you walked away with that got highlighted by the Spirit and then you come back and then you're reminded of some things that you've learned already which we all need because we know how much we forget and then you get another precept and another line and another truth and that's what God wants but that wasn't good enough for these guys. Come on, man. Tell us something new. We're not just going to go to the next little chunk of Scripture. As one lady put it to a friend of mine who was evangelizing locally, she went to a local church, which will remain unnamed for political reasons. No, I'm just kidding, but anyway. And she said, I don't want to go to church and read the Bible. That's boring. That's a direct quote. That's boring. Oh, what do you want? I want to be entertained. Give me 20 minutes. You know, because I got things to do. People will say, I don't want to read the Bible. What? The Bible is God's word. What else would you want to hear? You want to hear me pontificate for 45 minutes about whatever? I don't think you'd be coming here, would you? I hope not. You've been listening to The Crown of Glory and the Tested Stone, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 28. And if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings and more books of the Bible. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. We're moving through the book of Isaiah, excited to present it to you. And speaking of being excited, I want to tell you about something I'm excited about. It's the Dare to Defend Conference. It's an apologetics conference happening at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, 
where I serve as senior pastor. March 25th and 26th, a Friday night and a Saturday, top apologetic voices in this country, including J.P. Moreland, Sean McDowell, Lenny Esposito, Ken Samples, Dr. Jacob Daniel doing one of the breakout sessions, uh, John and Claudia Kalmakoff doing a breakout session. Um, it's just exciting. Dr. Uh, Scott Smith doing something on critical race theory as a breakout session. Uh, that's something that you want to be part of and understand that issue of CRT. Now, it's all happening at the Dare to Defend Apologetics Conference, March 25th and 26th. Seating is limited, and you can get discounts for groups and students. Get to the website now, daretodefend.com, and get your tickets. Daretodefend.com, being hosted by Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. And you can also find out driving directions and everything you need about the church when you go to walkintruth.com and click on the church tab. Excited to present the book of Isaiah to you and the Apologetics Conference. Make sure you get your tickets, daretodefend.com. Well, God bless you. We're so glad you're listening to Walk in Truth, and we'll be right back with you uh, next time as we continue to move through the book of Isaiah. God bless you. Have a tremendous weekend. Don't forget that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events too. But our funds are mostly supported by our church in Southern California. Would you please help us pay for the airtime on the radio station you're listening to? A monthly partnership of at least $5 a month is all we ask. Please donate when you visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 28 called The Crown of Glory and the Tested Stone. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.